What is up, everybody? It's been a while since we've talked. How have you been? How's the family? Good? Good. All right. Well, this is Matt, in case you couldn't tell. And I just wanted to take a quick moment here off the top to to explain a little something. You might be wondering, uh, hey, didn't that uh, Brilliter guy just show up? Why is he leaving already? And well... Yeah, it felt like something that we need to address for y'all, so here goes. It came to our attention after I brought Brilliter into the group that I made some mistakes when building him. He had a couple of abilities that he shouldn't have, and we weren't quite using them the correct way, and because I really had my heart set on playing that character a certain way, being unable to do so just completely sucked any sort of fun or enjoyment that I could have had out of it. So Alex was gracious enough to let me replace him very quickly after only a few episodes. So that's where Brilliter is disappearing to. But... With that being said, I really look forward to you guys meeting my new character. He's already been a ton of fun to play, and hopefully this one will stick around for a long time. Let's get to meet him, shall we? This is episode 86, Tomb Giant Raider. Welcome back to the Inspiring Competence Podcast. Citizen Kane with a fresh coat of lead paint. How's everybody doing? I like doing? that one. I'm doing good. That's a good one. Uh, feeling angry. Got that lead poisoning in me. <laughs> lovely, lovely. I told you to stop eating all those blood chips. Yeah, but they taste so good. So you guys got to go to sleep last Yay. week. Yay! Anybody do watches, or did you guys just kind of sleep? Yeah, we you didn't know, state we... it, but I feel like Uhtred would have stated it. Like, that was more Nick forgetting than I think Uhtred feeling like Oh, I'm in a safe place where I don't need to do a watch when he was doing watches in the fucking hotel and vigil before it got demolished. Yeah, which is why I'm asking. I'm not uh, trying you know to what? I'm gonna roll a over per- anyone's eyes. I'm going to roll a percent dice. Uh, 1 through 20, he actually did forget from exhaustion. Ooh, oh, good okay. one. 46, he didn't forget. Anybody else doing watches? Reluctantly, yeah. yes. Yep, our genius will uh, join in. Uh, and I uh, I actually think I wouldn't do the watch, except for the fact that that dude slipped through that wall. <laughs> and That's that's uh, entirely fair. Yeah, Brill- Brilliter would definitely partake in the watch as well. Uhtred's going to do his customary last watch, and he'll ask Elsie if uh, she wants to do it with him. Oh, that's nice. I'll take uh, second to last watch there. Okay. Uh, first watch, give me perception checks. Uh, there's a 45 perception. <laughs> That's not on a 20. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brilliter sees all. Yeah, uh, <laughs> nothing suspicious, but those fluorescent lights are driving you fucking crazy. <laughs> Like, I just imagine Brilliter just, like, sitting there, wide eye, and a fly just roams across his eyeball. 
<laughs> I can hear my hair growing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brillator's watch uh, goes by without issue. Dude, hold on, real quick. Plus 29. Yeah. You realize yeah. that if I yeah, max roll my that. perception, it's a 30. Your baseline is one less than my max. Didn't we do this already with Rogyar? Your your nat twenty is my nat one on perception. Holy shit! Your max roll is his min roll. Yep, it's true. <laughs> yep, I was like, I did it. Eleven race of perception plus seven wisdom, skill focus in perception, and a racial plus two. All right, uh, who's second watch? Uh, that'd be Trusty Randy. Wendy uh... Oh, <laughs> oh geez. <laughs> That's Just... all right. That's a good place for that, maybe. Natural one, uh, five. Okay. Uh, you also uh, don't notice any bad things happening. You know, uh, when someone rolls Arginus a... Don't want to roll perception? Uh, oh, yeah, Thelias. He, uh, he's my helper boy. And Tom, didn't you say Arginus was going to take the second to last watch? Yeah, oh, we're not bringing this up into four places? We usually do three watches. Oh, okay. Fly's got an 11, so... You know, usually when you roll a five on perception for a watch and you say you don't notice anything, that's usually like... Ah, I don't know about uh, that. Oh, our genius, you're a saint. It's <laughs> <laughs> a 28. With a 28, uh, you don't notice any bad things happening. I had it covered. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I kind of like poke at uh, Thelias, and I, Arginus looks upward as if he's able to see through uh, the ceiling, just like at the general area where he thinks the moon is. <sighs> Thelias, <laughs> um, if someone told you. The moon was actually a skull. Would you, would you believe them, or would you, would you uh, shake out of control? Elias looks at Randolph as if to say, "Help me," and uh, <laughs> Randolph will respond for Elias, and he'll say, uh, "What's this now, Arginus? Skull? The moon is a skull? I mean, if you told me, I might believe it. But anyone else? I don't think so." Goliath nods along. Good, good. I'm. Uh, I just needed to be grounded for a minute. <laughs> Thank you. No problem, bud. <laughs> Look over at the Elias like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Randolph, it's like perfect. Randolph was the former crazy man who's like found all this non craziness. And our genus is just like, it's like a, a taste of his own medicine in our genus. I'm having a blast with him. Everyone thinks I'm crazy. Now we got an actual crazy person. No, and I'm you're just like, two distinctly different brands of crazy. Our genus is like the Joker crazy, where it's like you're crazy because like look at the shit you're doing, but like I can kind of see the logic behind it. Yeah. Randolph is crazy, like Alzheimer's crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay, so uh, second watch ends without issue. Um, I. Wake up, uh, Uhtred. <sighs> All right, I'm up. I'm up. Oh, good, 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 good. No, nothing to report so far. <laughs> uh, have a good watch. Uh, you know, I'll 
I'll do what I can. Hey, Uhtred. If someone told you the sky was a skull, would you believe them? If the sky was a skull? Probably not if they said the sky. Now, if they said the moon was just a giant skull in the sky, oh, I most certainly believe them. Huh. <laughs> Take that and I just sort of go to bed thinking about it. Something to ponder while you slip off to dreamland? Yeah. Now, do I have to wake up Elksy, or is she kind of, like, up and ready to go? Elksy the Ever Vigilant? <laughs> she needs no sleep. <laughs> well, you'd actually find Elksy outside. Uh, in the stable. Really? Yeah. Was that of her own choice? Because it wasn't of me telling her to go out there. Well, Elksy gonna sleep in a human bed for, for humans? No, but I mean... You're no beast! Like, that, that, like, family of animals sleeps standing up, mostly. Like horses, they sleep a lot of times standing. Yeah, well, I mean, stables are designed to be a place of comfort for Oh, because he also animals. talks, so, like, I feel like you could sleep inside if you talk, right? <laughs> That's the rule, for sure. Wait, it feels like gate- it's the rule. Nick the yeah. gatekeeper. Well, I mean... but No mutes right. in this house. <laughs> Yo, Elksy <laughs> <laughs> is sleeping outside of her own accord. Uh, okay. Found, found in a, I wouldn't call this area right here a stable. It's just kind of like an overhang with you know, like grass, and it's it's just more comfortable for her. So that's where she's sleeping. Okay, then I guess uh, I guess Utrud would make his way outside, like the exit from the fort itself at C2 into the like, the courtyard. Mm-hmm. And I guess maybe not so much with the intention to like wake her up if she's sleeping, but more just like to go outside and get some air. Now, okay. it, you should throw me a bone and have her notice me. I say that out of game, out <laughs> of character. Notice me, senpai. Uh, Elsie stirs uh, as you're walking around. Uh, and she... Uh, just kind of watches you for a moment, and uh, she says, "What are you doing up, Uhtred? Oh, I'm sorry for waking you. I just—I don't know. It's uh, recently, for a while now, I've been more used to kind of being outside at night than inside, and just thought I'd get some fresh air. Oh, all right. Well, since you are—you're up now. Can I ask you something? Yes, of course. What's on your mind, Uhtred? What happened to you? I mean, last we saw each other, I mean, you clearly were more than just a, a common elk. But, well, I wasn't conversing with you as I do you like another sentient creature. You mean what happened to me after Thalias? No, actually. I mean, also with Thalias, like... The truth be told, I, I don't know if you were a normal elk, if you were made by Thalias. I mean, I he he did his watch one night, and then he woke me up and said, don't worry about any elks. And in the morning, there you were, in a place where, well, you were there, and, and nothing alive in there was natural. I don't really know how to answer that question, Uhtred. Um... I am, as you see before you, uh, for the grace of Arasni. 
Before that, well, it comes and goes. It's hard to order my memories and, and thoughts from before that. I, I was little more than a, a common elk before I was awoken. But before that, I was more, and yet less than I am now. And before that, well, I must have just been a common elk. But my motives, my thoughts, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's like I was in... It's like rem trying to remember my actions from a delirium. At times, it just doesn't make sense. It seems like I would, I would never do certain things, and yet I remember doing them. I, I don't, I don't really know much, much beyond that, Uhtred. All I know is that I was partnered with Thalias, and well, I can only hope that that partnership was of my own free will. But honestly, I don't know. I don't know if I agreed to it. I don't know if I enjoyed it. How do you know your sentience now is of your own free will? Because I can think about it. I, for, for all I know, Uhtred, my, my sentience now could be snatched away from me like, like, like a feather in the wind. But until that happens, I have it. But from then, I don't know. I can't collect thoughts. I, I can't recall ideas. They're there. They're just they're jumbled up in my mind, and I don't know. Sometimes I, I find myself thinking that maybe I was just a prisoner of, of a paladin who used me for his God's own agendas. But maybe not. Maybe I enjoyed it. What scares me, Uhtred, is I, I can't remember. I could see where that would be pretty scary. I certainly don't know whether you... I certainly don't know whether your partnership with Thalias came about through you choosing to agree it, or if he forced you into it. I do know, though, that you always felt like you were the embodiment of the best parts of Thalias. <laughs> certainly had the best attack rolls. <laughs> yeah, let's be honest the best everything rolls I, I always looked at Delias as having incredible bravery and such a willingness to just do what needed to be done and, and you exemplified that the number of times I saw you charge into battle and fight alongside us without hesitation I just well I guess that's all in the past now, regardless. Can I ask you something else? Of course. What do you think of Arasne? Putting aside that supposedly she granted you your newfound sentience, use it like what? Well, I mean, she she is undead. She really? You think she really just wants vengeance? In the time that I've known Arasne, I failed to learn very much about her. Sense motive. I know this bitch is a goddamn mole. <laughs> For 15. You are not sensing any falsehoods. Alright, well, well. We'll let this apply to more than three words, too, and see if that changes. 
<laughs> Arasni uh, was not much for company. I didn't have much to compare her to uh, oh, up until what now. Oh, fuck? What? Didn't have much to compare her to? Thalias wasn't good company? <laughs> she can't remember that. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm sure. Deep down, she knows. <laughs> Breaking my heart. She was kind to me, and always respectable. I think that whatever she has planned, well, I don't think there's much that's going to stop a woman like that. That's what scares me. A woman like that, or any person like that, don't generally strike me as the type of people that do things for the betterment of others. Well, you... Heard her with your own ears, Uhtred. She's... Her driving motivation was petty vengeance. I don't think she's trying to save the world. But I think her vengeance might just be our path to do so. And then what? She gets her vengeance and just says, Oh, I'm gonna quietly go back to Geb and everybody plays nice. I don't think she would go back to Geb of her own accord, but I get your point, Uhtred. I mean, that is the point, right? It's, she is not of her own accord. Well, I'm, I am no scholar of, of your uh, humanoid politics, Uhtred. I, I don't know what she might do after that, and I don't know what, what Geb might do after that. I know that right now the Whispering Tyrant threatens... The entire world, however you want to measure it. No, I'm I'm aware of what the circumstances are. I just can't shake this feeling that if we somehow are successful against the Whispering Tyrant, are we just placing a new tyrant upon that throne? No. No, I'm sure of it. But how could you be sure of it? You don't even know what was real. I don't say that to upset you, Alexi. I just... Unfortunately, you are really the only person or creature that I know that has spent any time around Erasne. And you would discard my opinion so readily? Um, no. I do value your opinion, which is why I asked for it. But you must admit, even you have uncertainty in your own mind. I have uncertainty about what... Arasni might plan to do when all of this is done, or even how she plans exactly to eradicate the Whispering Tyrant, but I trust her. I trust her to remain focused in her, in her mission, and I trust that she is practical enough to, to know that if she wanted to replace one tyrant with another, well, it would also replace one martyr with another, and there would always be more to take down the next tyrant. And I don't think that she would want that. I think that... I think she's... I don't I don't think she wants to rule anything. And I don't think she wants to eradicate everything. I think she just wants to eradicate Tarbafan. And when that's done, I... If I had to take a wild guess, Uhtred, I think she would rest. Well, I certainly hope you're right. I've never known of any undead to rest without being put to rest. Well, in this you are much more experienced than me, Uhtred, but as I said, I I trust her. I don't know how much more experienced than you, though, Absley. Not by much. Uh, allow me to clarify. I 
can only really remember interacting with her and, well, those, that small band of undead that murdered Cricks on our way here. Any undead that I may have fought alongside of you, I, well, I don't remember. How hauntingly sad that is. I know, right? Because we certainly did fight many of the dead together. In fact, the last time I saw you before we were coming down the river was actually at Thalias' grave. You refused to leave it, knowing full well that undead were still going to find their way out of that tomb. I honestly thought it was the last time we'd ever see you. And surely you would get exhausted at some point and succumb to them. But you were adamant no matter how much we tried to get you to move. It was clear that you were going to protect his gravesite as long as you could. And I would very much like to believe that it's what I wanted to do and what I chose to do. But I can't shake the feeling that what if it was merely my bond with Thalias compelling me to do so? I don't know. I can't know one way or the other, and I should just drop it. Perhaps I'll find the answer in our journeys. Thalias, it would seem, is on his own second life, so to speak. So to speak? You should try and talk to Randolph about Thalias. He feels what Thalias feels. Maybe I will. Yeah, that's a... She doesn't have anything else, so he'd probably just... You know, stay outside, finish his watch, do his spells. Alright. Give me a perception check. Come on, we all know it's gonna be garbage. Did you see all that back and forth dialogue I just had with a fucking elk? I wasn't paying attention to anything. Elksy will contribute. Ah, 26. Never mind. Damn. I'm multitasking Mike tonight. <laughs> Okay, and Elksy got a 24 perception. Uh, so between the two of you, you do a, a damn good job. Okay, so Uhtred and Elksy remain vigilant until the sun comes up. And everybody else wakes up for the day. Mm. Well, uh, good morning, everyone. What's, uh, what, what's for her uh, breakfast? <laughs> Is that directed at Uhtred? Or just in general? J- just in general, hags over easy. <laughs> Sorry, I know a little too soon. I figure whatever's left in the fort is like, they'll cook it up now because it's not coming with us, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they would have had like no shortage of jerky and uh, like biscuits, uh, but they probably would have had some like m- more like perishable. Uh, food that you guys could probably uh, just gorge yourselves on. Undead horse meat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, there's one other thing. Castle Faunum uh, is blessed with a communal lucky horseshoe. Oh, say what? As long as the lucky horseshoe's owner carries it on her person, she gains a plus one luck bonus on saving throws. Once per day. She can invoke the Lucky Horseshoe's power to gain a plus four luck bonus on a single save. She must declare that she is using this this ability before the roll is made. A communal Lucky Horseshoe, if placed prominently over the entrance of a building and left there for a period of at least eight hours, it provides good luck to all those who spend time within that building. 
In order to gain this benefit, a character must spend at least eight consecutive hours within the building. The benefit lasts for 24 hours. A single communal lucky horseshoe can provide its benefit to any number of creatures per day, but each creature can gain the benefits of only one lucky horseshoe at a time. Once a creature invokes the lucky horseshoe's ability, she can't benefit from another lucky horseshoe for 24 hours. Though time she spends inside the building during that interval counts toward the eight consecutive hours required to gain the communal lucky horseshoe's benefits for the next day. Uh, so this was a uh, piece of personal property of uh, Gareth, one of the caretakers, and uh, holds great sentimental value to him. So he's actually going to take it uh, with him. But in the meantime, everybody uh, retains the properties of the communal lucky horseshoe for staying at castle Fonum for the night so for the next 24 hours you get a plus one luck bonus on all saves and then once during that those 24 hours you can specifically invoke the horseshoe's powers and grant yourself a plus four luck bonus on a single save which does not stack with the plus one that you are constantly getting uh so you guys are like packing up your stuff uh you are allowed to take pretty much as many trail rations with you as you want. Um, I believe you are you already had a, a fuck ton of trail rations in your bag of holding. From the Bastion of Light, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you're, you're welcome to uh, take more to replenish what you have spent. Uh, and Brilliter uh, also packs you know, whatever he has. And as uh, the Fellwood Irregulars get ready to depart with the two caretakers, uh, Rilliter prepares to leave with them. Indeed. Rainer, uh, he he gives you all a, uh, a friendly hand on the shoulder one at a time and says, Truly, I, I wish you luck in your, in your mission. The Amade's fortune... Perhaps we'll meet again one day. Indeed. And you stay safe. We need everyone. And they need you more than you know. Yes, I will we'll certainly... Uh, we do not plan on, on dying anytime soon. But if you, uh, if you if you come across the rest of our outfit, the Fellwood Irregulars who remained at Gallowspire to gather information, I pray for their safety. Please, let them know that... We are safe and are expecting their return. Uh, perhaps you should uh, manage their expectations about returning to Vigil, though. Will do, brother. Well, then I wish you fair travels. And he turns and uh, departs. Good luck, my friends. From what I've seen, you are more than capable. I'm sure the world is in good hands. We hope. Godspeed. Okay, so you guys... Depart Castle Fonum. Uh, you may have a map, but I'm still going to need survival checks uh, to navigate, because it is still very much a thing that people get lost in the woods despite having a map. And you get a plus four bonus on the check if you have five or more ranks in knowledge geography. A two. And uh, Elksy's <laughs> going to be the one leading this, right? Right, right, right. Set a plus four bonus if you have uh, five or more? Yes. Perfect. That brings my survival skill to a three. <laughs> five total. Which says yes. 
Let's see, which way first? Oh, look, people. Maybe they know the right <laughs> way. <laughs> Not fucking Randolph. Just don't nah. know my north from south. Hey. I mean, with a two, maybe you don't. Our genus uh, got a 20. Okay. Randolph got a 16. Mm. Okay. Nelksy got a 31 on her survival check. Even though our genus did roll enough to... Uh, and and so did Randolph, actually, to lead the way. So your next destination after Castle Fonum is the Vaishu Pass. Begins at the ruins of Vaishu, where the pass and the Mesmos River, that defines the, the pass, uh, connect with the Cronefall River that carves Cronefall Pass. The Mesmos is almost entirely shallow white water that carves a rocky route north beyond the Vaishu ruins till it reaches the Wailing Cascade. It is about 12 miles north of Castle Fonum, the the Vaishu Pass, that is. With uh, terrain as it is, uh, that's basically a full day of travel for you. Uh, Maybe if you all had uh, phantom steeds, it'd be another story, but you don't. I'm still going to use mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You reach the Vaishu ruins a little late in the day. It's it's maybe an hour before sundown. Uh, anybody who wants to can give me a knowledge history check. You sure got a twenty six. Right. Our genus or Randolph, you guys. Oh, I uh, got an eight. Sixteen. Sixteens are hot tonight. Utrid. You would know, with a 26, that Vaishu was once a nigh-impregnable fortress of the dead. The Knights of Ozum took the castle after years of heavy fighting, only to discover that the tainted river, water, freezing winters, and toxic natural gases made it almost impossible for living soldiers to hold. Rather than surrender the bastion back to the enemy, they destroyed the structure and salted the earth around it with silver and cold iron to leave the location sanctified against undead. Cold iron, you say? Yep. Uh, Their efforts prevented the Whispering Tyrant's forces from ever rebuilding at the site. Uh, But in the centuries since he fell, many necromancers and other living devotees of the Whispering Way have explored the ruins. Uh, The Knights of Ozum occasionally make forays to the Vaishu ruins to clear them out, so no permanent structures stand on the site. Uh, Randolph, you would just... With a 16, you would just know that it is a... Uh, and you just know it as an often traded location of ownership between Undead and the Shining Crusade. But yeah, you guys uh, approach the ruins of Vaishu. Uh, today the site resembles uh, an archaeological dig. This, uh, you see a scattering of tools and wheelbarrows surrounding squares of ground dug down to a depth of three feet. Everybody can give me perception checks. 14. 12 and 5. Our genus, as you're approaching, you notice uh, a thin-looking humanoid kind of crouched down near one of these pits. Seems to be on alert, but for something farther north, uh, in the opposite direction of you, and... uh, like attempting to, uh, you know, keep a low profile. But as you as you approach, 
Well, I mean, I before you start approaching this thing. Uh, no, uh, you're not. I'm not saying as you approach the creature. I'm just saying oh, you notice oh, this okay. as you, as you, as you're walking, are <laughs> approaching the yeah the the ruins. At about the same time that you notice uh, this creature, uh, this humanoid, it seems to uh, to notice you. Turns its head. And, uh, you would see uh, in the the waning light. You see the pointed ears of an elf. Ooh. Uh, what do you do? I, I, uh, I like kind of give everybody a tap on the shoulder. Like, yeah, uh, scoot over on the side of the path here. Uh, I see somebody up ahead. Oh, Randolph and Thalias, um jump over the hedge and hide. It seems like some sort of elf. Uh, it doesn't look undead, but almost like it's tracking something. What do my goggles tell me? Or can I not see it? Uh, with Arginus pointing it out, you you would spot this uh, this elf in your goggles inform you that it is a living creature. No, it's, it's definitely a living creature. So, yeah, uh, kind of bearing the lead... Uh, if it's unclear yet. Uh, Matt, uh, would you like to describe your character as you uh, as you watch this uh, strange group of travelers? As described, he is an elf, full on, you know, pointy ears and everything. Very tall and thin. Uh, as you get closer, you notice his, his skin actually has a bit of a greenish tint to it. And even his hair is like a very dark green but as you get closer and you see his eyes, um, for those I don't know how familiar you all are, but even for the listeners, elves in Galarian tend to have eyes where like the iris fills up the entire like visible eye, so it looks like their eyes are all like just one consistent color, rather than Ew. having like the whites that we have. So. He's got like this greenish tint to his skin and like this dark green hair, but his eyes are like a vibrant purple. Okay. So what does everybody do if anybody does anything? Where exactly are we like positioned with this uh, with this elf? He, the elf is about a hundred feet away from you, and he looks green with purple eyes. <laughs> uh, you may not be able to see the color of its eyes, but sure. Okay. I'm going to poke my head out and uh, look to Thalias and say, Oh, Thalias, an elf. Those are lucky, aren't they? Uh, well, he's definitely not undead. Um, I guess we can just approach. I guess we would get out um, of the, uh, like, the get back on the path. Um, as you guys are, like, s- standing there, like, I assume you would have noticed, noticed him and like, kind of, like, stopped to converse, like, Oh, what do we do with the stranger? Like, he would just be standing there looking at you, like almost tapping his foot impatiently, like, come on, hurry up. <laughs> he sees a guy in a phantasm jump over uh, <laughs> off the side of the road, peek up, start murmuring. <laughs> Hello? We don't want any trouble. Just passing Are through. Are you nice? Oh. oh, that's good for you. It's about time you showed up. I'm sorry? What was that? What? Well, what are you waiting for? Get over here. Are you waiting for us? Do you see anyone else coming up the road? Come here. <laughs> I'm not going near him. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have the crazy man go near him. I think that's the best idea. What do you uh, mean you were waiting yeah. for us? 
How did you know we were coming down this path? Well, it's the only path to, to Gallaspire from here, so I figured you'd be coming along eventually. What is my name, stranger? How the hell should I know? Well, then why do you keep acting as if you were waiting for me specifically? It's Uhtred, by the way. I'm Randolph. Shut, that's shut up, Randolph. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, it's simple logical deduction. Vigil is gone. I've heard reports that Gallowspire is gone, so it serves that you would be sending people to investigate, and this is the best route to Gallowspire. Ergo, you would have had to come here eventually. What took you so long? What took you so long? What? I've been exactly. waiting for you. <laughs> How do you know we weren't already here, left, and came back? Looking for you. <laughs> now you're just wasting time. Is this really the most constructive conversation, (laughs) Alexi says. What is your name, Elf? I am Teoblith. Teoblith Greenstrider. And you are? Uhtred Bebenber. Can I ask where you're uh, from? That is a story I don't have time to tell right now. I I uh, I ask uh, where uh, you're from, not how you got here. Well, long story. Well, all right. Summation. I was in Vigil a few days ago, and obviously we know what happened there. Next thing I knew, I woke up outside the city and decided I needed to investigate Gallowspire, because, honestly, who else had cause to do that to Vigil? Hence, I made my way here, came across these ruins. Unfortunately, I've been waylaid and had to wait for reinforcements. Now that you're finally here, we can get moving. And who charged you with the responsibility of investigating Gallowspire? Charged? Who charged? What are you talking about? Well, you're probably one of the only survivors of Vigil that lived and went, you know what I should do? I should go investigate Gallowspire. That seems like a safe thing to do. Oh, it has nothing to do with safety. I'm a... Let's say a scholar of historical artifacts and honestly where better to find artifacts unseen in this world for nearly a millennia than in the nearly in the recently unsealed gallow spire so you're basically just crazy person you'll fit in great around here I uh (laughs) I'm our genus uh don't think I met you through the cards. Huh. <laughs> it should be interesting. The cards? Are you one of those charlatans that thinks you can tell the future by looking at some playing cards? <laughs> yes, 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 that's exactly who I am. <laughs> uh, but but fortunately for you, uh, <laughs> I'm a little bit more than a, than a charlatan. Uh, think of me as you will. Uh... But I do grant benefits from my card readings as well. So maybe I don't read the future. Maybe I do. But nonetheless, you get the bonuses. <laughs> that last part sounded like a threat. Like for a second, it sounded like he was going into like an advertisement commercial. And then it just got real serious. <laughs> Is that one a little touched in the head? Me? No. I'm perfectly sane. And so am I. 
Me too, says Elksy. The elk talks too? What the... Who are you? in insane times. Well, you said that they would send reinforcements. I got bad news for you. We are not reinforcements. Well, we weren't. You'll do for this situation. Again, not sure what your aim here is. You want to go to Gallowspire and try and steal some artifacts? Well, not steal. I'm going to acquire them to study. Mm -hmm. And without permission? We just think that after almost a millennia being trapped in Gallowspire, once they're free, they were just going to leave the furniture, not take that stuff with them? Oh, you'd be surprised what gets left behind that people don't think is important. Well, I can tell you I'm not going to Gallowspire in the, for the main purpose of getting artifacts, but I am going to Gallowspire, so you can do with that what you wish. Yes, of course you are. Now, to the situation at hand. You see those ruins down there? I assume I do. Yeah. Well... The route to Gallowspire takes us right through there. And unfortunately, a tomb giant has set up shop with some undead cohorts, and he is going to be a problem if we don't eliminate him on the way through. May, may I ask uh, what your specialty is? What, what exactly do you have to protect yourself? Uh, you would see he is, you know, he's wearing a a breastplate and carrying a bow out of character i guess i'm asking what are what are you uh, uh asking about my class yeah what, what's your class all right yeah uh, would well, you like to formally introduce Tiablith or keep him keep us yeah. in the dark no no i'll introduce him uh Tiablith is a uh full 11th level occultist um for those that don't know the occultist is a class that basically derives psychic spellcasting abilities and um, other like class abilities from historical items that it keeps on its person it, it uses cool. it uses like resonant psychic energy in in items to power it power it's like psychic spells and abilities there's there's a lot to the class like every every time you pick a new type of implement like the implements are tied to like the spell casting schools like transmutation abjuration illusion divination those those things um and every time you pick a new school you get a few new abilities and new spells that that kind of like come with the territory and i have a a resource called mental focus and depending on how i allocate my mental focus every morning determines kind of like some baseline abilities that I get as well as allowing me to it it breaks the one big pool of mental focus into several smaller pools that are then used to fuel abilities based on the spell school that the ability comes from I understood some of those words <laughs> so like as an example I, I have 25 points of mental focus like I invested feats into it I invested like uh, favorite class bonus stuff into it and all that. Um, I have that divided up so that I have um, nine points in the divination school, my divination implements. 
and that allows me to use those those nine points to fuel divination based abilities and then i have like seven points invested in transmutation school so that i have those seven points to use transmutation abilities with sweet so what do you actually do that how do you fight well like i said he's got a bow and arrow okay and it should be worth uh stating that if you spend all of your mental focus from a single implement can you still cast spells or i can still cast spells but like each each school has like a quote resonant power that you just get based on how much you invest in it at the beginning of the day and as long as you have any mental focus left for that school you get the resonant power but as soon as you're out that power goes away too Right. And like as those well powers are amazing. To activate other powers from that implement. Right. Um, like for example, I have nine points in the divination school, which gives me permanent dark vision and see invisibility as long as I have at least one point of mental focus left in my divination implement. Um, I have seven points in transmutation, which gives me a plus four enhancement bonus on a single you know stat of my choice for the day and that can be like reset every morning when i when i reallocate my mental focus all right so back to the immediate presence of the situation uh everybody can give me a knowledge local check to identify tomb giants future got a 22 yeah 14 from randy okay uh utrid you know about tomb giants tomb giants are an entire race of humanoids who have given themselves over to necromancy and in doing so have gained sinister powers you can ask me one question about tomb giants any dr they do not have dr okay uh so yeah we can uh a extrapolated version of Teoblith's answer, I assume, to Arginus asking what his specialties are. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> very good. Um, before we uh, head over there, do we want to power up here a little bit? And Arginus offers in a large person really any number of things. Uh, well, yeah. We're gonna, if we know we're rolling up on a combat, I would definitely like to, uh, you know, Mage armor, haste, invisibility. Well, I got mage, all this stuff. Mage what armor, do you need? yeah, right at the beginning of the day, baby. Well, I do that to Thalias, but I think for some reason I don't. It doesn't benefit me. Haste would be pretty right. nice. Keep the spell slot or something. I always, I know, I always use one. You want haste? Haste up. That'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, haste uh, is always can, a great like prepare. Everyone can have it. Uh, all right, so I'm gonna cast mirror image. On myself, and then I have bull strength. If anybody wants it, what does that do again? Yeah. A plus four enhancement bonus to your strength, so it will not stack with a belt giving you a strength bonus. Might be good for Thalias. Yeah, Thalias could get a bull like strengthening, strengthening. Huh? All right, uh, Elksy would take it. Thalias. Oh yeah, oh Elksy's even better. I'll give uh, two out, so one to Elksy, and then one to. Uh, Thelias. And then I will... Uh, who's taking the enlarged person, anybody? 
Uh, question. Did I see, like, what kinds of undead are down there? Or just, you know, I just saw that there was undead or just assumed they were with the tomb giant or something. Right. Um, yeah, you can give me a uh, knowledge religion check to identify some of the undead. Uh, that's a 24 knowledge religion. You should have a 33 knowledge religion. 24 knowledge religion. As we are prepping for this fight, Teoblith is going to quickly like lay a hand on Randolph's armor and Randolph's shield. Or uh, his scythe, sorry. Not the shield. Randolph with a shield. Ha! <laughs> um, and I'm going to use my uh, Aegis ability and my Legacy weapon ability. So that's going to cost one mental focus from my abjuration pool and one from my transmutation pool. And uh, with that, uh, Randolph, you get a plus, your armor gets a plus two bonus to its AC. Like that stacks on top of whatever bonuses it might already have. And your scythe becomes a, uh, it gets an additional plus one enhancement and becomes an undead bane scythe. Sweet. Is it only one at a time? No. So I'm also going to do that to my own armor and weapon, um, and I'll uh, I can give Uhtred a l- I can give Valo a little boost too if you want. Yeah, I won't say no. Refuse. Uh, and Uhtred's also going to use his sheath to keen Valo, and he's going to cast a spell on himself that he has not yet cast in this AP. Oh. Get ready. Long arm, baby. <laughs> oh, what? nice. Give myself some reach. Yo, Tom, I'll take uh, enlarged person on Randolph because I got a buff for it. So, easy. All right. You got it. Thank you, sir. Any other uh, preparations? So, right um, before we're ready to go, I'll haste up. Okay. And that'll be, the, that'll be the go signal. Spending another point from my abjuration to use Mind Barrier. I probably would have done this a while ago, actually. But that one, it basically gives me a temporary HP shield of 22 points. HP shield? Is that like a fancy way of saying DR? No, it, it literally Just gives temporary me like... Temporary HP, I assume. Temporary HP worth two points per level. Okay. Uh, so, Teobleth, with a 24 knowledge religion check, would have recognized... Uh, the like what what would be threatening combatants with this tomb giant as creatures called necrocraft okay a necrocraft is a medley of undead body parts and corpses grafted together with dark magic to create a single animated undead creature with abilities based on its component pieces and the surgical and necromantic talents of its creator Yo, fuck these undead abominations. Ridiculous. Yep. Uh, so, Randolph and Teobleth can each ask two questions, and Uhtred can ask three questions. Now, Necrocraft are undead, but they are pretty similar to constructs in that, like, uh, as you craft them, uh, depending on your materials at hand and talents as a necromancer uh you can wind up with a different 
creature than altogether than like another necromancer who's working with the same materials and has a similar talent. A lot of it just depends on the choices that you make in constructing it. Um, I'm looking at oh. the stat block and there's not a whole lot to talk about. As undead creatures, you would know all of its uh, like immunities to just about everything. Uh, they are large-sized creatures and would therefore have a reach of 10 feet. Uh, movement speed of 30 feet. These particular necrocraft uh, necro have three claw attacks. No DR, no energy resistances. Alright, so just kind of basic undead thingies. Okay. Uh, in addition to the necrocraft, uh, Teoblith, you would have seen uh, a fair number of zombies, but these zombies look like they are dedicated diggers. Certainly still targets to take out if you want, but you've You've even seen, like, a bunch of zombies that are, like, like, worn down, um, almost like how a shovel might look after attempting to use it to dig extremely gravelly, uh, earth for mm -hmm. entirely too long, uh, and they're just kind of, like, tossed aside, forgotten, but in terms of the creatures that look like they would actually, uh stand against you uh, as you move through here. The Tomb Giant and the Necrocraft are the ones to speak of. I would have known that before we, we were like buffing up and, and everything, right? Yeah. Then I would chain... I wouldn't do the Undead Bane. I would make it a uh, Giant Bane for the Legacy Weapon. Alright, so tell me what your uh, plan of attack is. Are you just looking to charge in and kick some ass, or do something else. I mean, we didn't buff up for nothing. I, I think charging in. Yeah, sounds about right. Use the buffs while we got them. Yep. Alright, groovy. So, you're you're walking deeper into the Vaishu ruins, and you're walking past all of these square and rectangular shaped holes dug in the earth. Uh, and you, you get the feeling that these, these holes have been recently dug and you begin passing uh, like several zombies that are just committed to the task of digging holes. And honestly, if you want to just cut them down on your way, it's like a non-issue to do so. The, you, there's like just piles and piles of, of dirt along the outskirts of the ruins, uh, displaced from the, uh, the dugout holes, no doubt. But as you, uh, as you get well and good into the ruins, um, you spot a, a a makeshift but well enough built shelter positioned at the far end of the ruins uh, across the mouth of the Vaishu Pass and uh, positioned uh, outside of that shelter are, are four uh, necrocrafts. Uh, but yeah, as you, uh, as you approach uh, making no efforts to hide your approach, the necrocrafts uh, spot you, and they uh, they stir, and they start to, like, stamp the ground, and uh, even uh, two of them emit a, a loud, challenging roar, and uh, out from the shelter emerges a tomb giant. 
and uh, it grins at you all, hefting a large-sized scythe. Oh, no, he didn't. And it just, uh, it growls, finally. And everybody roll initiative. Ugh. Uhtred. Fifteen. Randolph. Nine. Tiobluth. Eighteen. And our genus. Seventeen. Okay, Tiobluth, it is your turn. Okay, how far away are we? You're about 80 feet away. All right. Yep, I am just going to full attack with my bow. Uh, Rapid shot and many shot. Uh, Who are you targeting? Oh, the giant. Okay, go for it. And this is with my Bane uh, longbow now. Uh, I will not deadly aim because I want to hit as many times as I can. So first shot is a 31 to hit. That's uh, second or rapid shot is a 28 to hit. That's last shot's a 15 to hit. That does not hit. Um, and also I get one more for haste, correct? Yeah. So a 20 to hit with the hasted shot. A 20 also does not hit. All right. So the first shot was the many shot. Uh, that did a grand total of uh, 48 damage. And the second shot did 20 more. All right. Definitely felt that. Now it's Arginus' turn. Unfortunately, Arginus does not have any uh, large area spells to... Oh, that was in the sick. I know. Yeah. I, I told him. Quite something. Uh, yeah, so uh, Fireball um, is going to go off. Okay. And that's right like a 40 foot here, area, so right? MB- Yep, so, yep. so I'll be able to hit meters. red, blue, and the back guy in the back. All right. Three saves. Necrocrafts first. 13, 20. And the Tomb Giant, 15. 15 doesn't make it, and I think the 20 passes. Uh, the 20 passes. Um, okay. So everybody else takes 26. The person who passed takes 13. All right. That will be the end of uh, my turn there. All right. Um, Actually, I'm going to back away. <laughs> like, go on the side over here. Just in case if there's a, uh, a big thing happening here. All right, so the Tomb Giant's turn is now, and it's going to move forward 30 feet uh, while uh, procuring a large rock from a little pouch around his belt. And he's going to chuck that fucker at our genus. That's a 32 to hit. I, that hits, but I have my mirrors up. Ah, how many mirrors? Four. All right, I'm going to roll a d6, ignore the six, and a one is our genus. Five. All right. But that mirror gets absolutely smushed by a stone that's, like, the size of a dog. Jesus. Oh, like, what kind of dog? Like a little lap dog? Like a Great Dane? (laughs) Like Clifford. (laughs) (laughs) It's a stone the size of a dog the size of a bus. Gotcha. No, it's like it's like two feet two feet across and then it was Uhtred's turn I am going to cast a chill touch 
Well, actually, hold on. What's the action economy for um, activating the invisibility ring? Standard action. Okay. Instead, I'm going to activate... You know what? I'm going to cast a mirror image instead. Uh, so it's going to be five mirrors, and then Uhtred is going to, going to move up 55 feet. Okay. Which puts him here, in front of the stone giant, tomb giant. And that's going to be Uhtred's turn. All right. Next up is the Necrocraft. They're all going to run and close the close the distance with basically the whole party besides Uhtred. They just run right past them. I knew this nine initiative would come in handy. Instead of looking like an idiot <laughs> running, doing double moves and shit, you just come to me. This guy? When he went by, did he go by within uh, ten feet of me? I have, uh, I have I reach. Forgot. You've got your reach. Yeah, sure. You could have made Long your make an attack of opportunity against that one. That's a 24 to hit? 24 hits. Okay. Is it chaotic? No. 12 slashing damage. Alright. And actually, with Randolph's girth, yeah. uh, he also has a 10-foot reach. And so, oh, hell yeah. And so that same necrocraft would have provoked uh, in closing the distance to him. Sweet. Well, it's a 35-er. 35 is going to hit. For 22 slashing and one acid. All right. Dude, Randolph has an actual beefcake right now. <laughs> 28 feet tall and has, like, all these buffs. Whew. Well, the scythe gauntlet was thrown down. He had to answer the call. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yo, I'm going to take that scythe from this fucker. I don't care how big it is. <laughs> so that attack of opportunity is actually enough to put that necrocraft down. Yes. And now it's Elksy's turn. Uh, Elksy is... I think Elksy wants to go back up Uhtred, but her other allies are in pretty immediate danger too. Elksy's going to go uh, attack the Necrocraft that is currently threatening Arginus. And in doing so, will actually provoke an attack of opportunity from it. And that will hit... Elksy's going to take 10 points of damage from that claw. But then, Elksy coming in with the gore. That hits for 13 damage. And then finally, it was Randolph's turn. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to have Thalias mosey on over here. All right, that'll provoke. Have him mosey over here. That's still gonna provoke because he's got to leave a threatened <laughs> square. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Take your attack. Nineteen. Ha! Doesn't hit. And then uh, I'll take a five foot step here. You don't need to. And I know I don't need. To. Oh, because I'm hitting both of them from here. Interesting. Yep. All right. Just whirlwind it. Take a five foot step. I will. Uh, yeah, I'm going to smash up this uh, this necro pile flanking with Elias. All right. Can I give you uh, another little coach coaching? Have Elias yeah. resolve his attacks first. Oh, good thinking. Because that Here way, if Randolph tea. kills it, he can spin around and get the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if Elias kills him, he can use his full round on the other one. Elias will only get one attack, though. 
Yeah, because he moved. Make it count. Uh, 31. 31 hits. For 14 bludgeoning, 3 fire, and 6 power attacks, so 23. Damn. And now for the big show. Uh, Elias destroys that Necro. Yeah, he only needed one. Oh, sick. All right, excellent. Well, then I turn around. Well, not before giving Thalias a congratulatory thumbs up. I turn around and I slash up this other, this other necro. Oh, not as good. Uh, twenty-three. There's twenty-four. Well, this is not. Twenty-four also. Twenty-four hits. for uh, nineteen uh, slashing, two acid, and nine power attack. How is it nine power attack? Because you're two-handing the. Sight. Oh. So that's uh, 30. Yeah. All right. And then he... 24 again for... Oh, this one's a bunch. 31 plus 3 acid. Damn. Yeah, dude. Randolph is awesome. Randolph. I mean, Elias <laughs> is no slouch. <laughs> this, is, this is insane. I have so many yeah. buffs. Randolph, you destroy that Necrocraft. <laughs> wow. Hooray for me and all my friends. Yeah. Dude, that uh, probably looked so cool because... The f- he also killed the one that initially ran at him, which I got from the attack oh, opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like all th- four of these guys come running, and then like in a blink of an eye, three of them are gone by Randolph's hand. Yeah, <laughs> so sick. All right, we're back to Teobleth. All right, Teobleth is going to take a five foot step to his left, uh, just to get a cleaner shot on the tomb giant, and once again, full attack, uh, rapid shot, and many shot. All right. Uh, again, not deadly aiming. So the first shot's a 20 to hit. 20 will not hit. Which is disappointing. Uh, the rapid shot is a 31 to hit. 31 will hit. Okay. So uh, Next attack's a 27 to hit. 27 will not hit. Wow. And the hasted shot is a 34 to hit. Uh, 36 will hit. Okay. All right. So that was... Two hits. Yes. So the first one did 16, and the second one did 16. So 32 damage altogether. All right, it is now the Tomb Giant's turn, and it's going to take a five-foot step northwest and full attack on Uhtred. I'm going to spend an Arcana point to boost my AC. Wait, wasn't it it my turn before? Yeah, it is Arginus' turn. Yeah, keep an eye on like, him. They huh? did it. The <laughs> hawk. I was like, I, I know, I know I did it before they moved. <laughs> he just really wanted to see this giant do something other than hurl a rock. Um, yeah, bring it on. I'm going to take a five-foot step to the northeast, so okay. diagonally. Which technically puts you 15 feet away from it and out of its reach. Yep. And then I will do magic missile on the uh, on the giant that Uhtred is currently facing off against. Uh, that's 22 damage. Damn. Wow, that was a good magic. That was a really good magic missile. <laughs> yeah, it was. I don't almost did as much as your fireball. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking three points off of max. <laughs> yep. All right, Tomb Giant's turn. Takes a five-foot step northwest, just like I said. It's going to full attack on Uhtred. I'm going to use that arcana point, like I said. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like we all said. 
<laughs> so 36 to hit. That misses. But it does take out a mirror. Okay. So I have four left. A 28 to hit. A miss and no mirror. Okay. And so that's uh, two swings with its scythe, and now it's going to come down with a slam. 24 to hit. Miss and no mirror. All right, Uchard, you're up. Okay. Um, if I want to cast a spell, I have to do it defensively, or he can hit me and I lose it, right? Yes. And that to do that's a concentration check? Yes. Okay. I'm going to cast a frostbite, and I can't fail the DC. My concentration's okay. at a plus 17, so DC 17 to cast it defensively. All right. Okay. Now I'm going to deliver that through my scimitar with a full round action. And your scimitar is giant bane as well, so you're adding 2d6 onto these damage rolls. Okay, so that looks like a 26 on the first one. 26 will miss. And then a 19 is going to miss. Yep. And then one more attack for being casted. There we go, a natural 20. With a crit confirmation of 44. It's only a matter of time. Yep. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Matt. You said I'm adding 2d6 to the damage? Yes, but that will not be multiplied yes. on a crit. Okay. Correct. And are they chaotic? And if it's chaotic, you get another 2d6. Tomb Giants are not chaotic. Okay. Oh. So I'll take a crit card. Oh, I max rolled that 2d6. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> Oh, uh, all right. It's beautiful. Ooh, this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> so the slashing crit is called Ugly Wound. Uh, normal damage and 1d3 charisma damage and 1 charisma drain, negated by a fort save. Um, and the magic crit is called Side Effect. Double damage and you become invisible for 1d4 rounds. Well, yeah, let's go with that. But don't you want to deal <laughs> some charisma damage? Nope. So, let's see. Slashing damage is going to be 36. And then there's also 15 non-lethal cold damage. He is now fatigued. And I'm going to make an intimidate check to try and demoralize his ass. And a 32 intimidate. Well, none of that matters because with the crit damage, you kill the tomb giant. Fuck yeah. Wow. I wasn't expecting nice. that. I thought he was going to have a metric fuck ton of hit points. I mean, he did. I, I, I think I did about 100 points of damage between uh, my you? two full attacks. <laughs> I, he did. Ar- archers are insane. <laughs> uh, okay, up next is the remaining Necrocraft, who's going to make a full attack on Alexi. Miss, hit, hit. Nine damage and eight damage. Alexi's turn. Alexi returns the favor. Hit with the gore. Uh, hit with one of the hooves. And hit with two of the hooves. 16 from the gore. Seven from one of the hooves. And another seven. Sweet. And that necrocraft looks like it's clinging to life. Too bad it's Randolph's turn. Uh oh. <laughs> um, I'll have Thalias take a five foot step and attack. All right. 
26. 26 hits. For uh, 12 plus 5 fire. All right. And Thalias finish off, finishes off the last Necrocraft. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Fucking awesome. Love when we get guys. suited yeah. up like the Avengers and then yeah. like we just absolutely obliterate. Yeah. I was getting some real skull and shackles. It did feel like that. that fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I missed that. Fight incoming. Uh, Everyone's a little time to buff up and. Woo. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Any looting? Uh, yeah, I'm that scythe. <laughs> as soon as uh, the lion's <laughs> he, he did that claim last it already. One, yep. Yeah. I'm just going to walk right up to the scythe and take it. It's the only thing I care about. You may describe my plus four scythe if you, if you want. <laughs> it does appear to be a very nice scythe, but it is not Fuck magical, yeah. only masterwork. Ah. As a large-sized scythe, its damage is 2d6. Ah. Uh, as opposed to your 2d4. Uh, oh, that's interesting. But as a non-magical scythe, it is a uh, a clear downgrade, despite its ah. its size. Yeah, like, the scythe you're holding in your hand as an enlarged person is better than this thing. Oh. Yep. Feel free to keep it as a trophy, but... Well, where am I going to put it? How big is it? I mean, a normal scythe is pretty fucking unwieldy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Just strap it to Nick's phantom steed. (laughs) Please, if anything, I would put it in my handy haversack before that. Utrid, I assume you're detecting magic. Nah, I'm gonna take this one off. Oh, okay. Nah, I'm just, yeah, I detect some magic. <laughs> so, Utrid, you are detecting magic, and a magical aura uh, draws your attention inside the shelter uh, where the tomb giant was staying, but only because of its proximity to you. Eclipsing that aura is the most potent magical aura you have ever detected coming from Teoblith. What? Hold on. And we'll see you next week. Hold on. Whoa, whoa, no, no, no. We'll see you next week. On <laughs> the Inspired whoa. Incompetence it's, it's Podcast. We just did that. Now put those in order. With the fettering law. He just did that, yeah. Uh, see ya. Man. See ya. See ya.